Hello, good humans, and welcome to another episode of Hello, Good Humans, the podcast. Today, I am joined with a very special guest, my friend, singer, songwriter, instrumentalist galore, Ryan Howe. He has come out with his debut album, Origin, which is available on any music streaming platform. It is a wonderful album. I listen to it primarily on Spotify, but also bought it on Apple Music just for the fun of it. It is amazing, and we're talking all things album today with a couple of food references popped in there. Ryan is a beautiful vocalist. He writes music like none other. He also plays about 15 instruments. I've seen him play piano and guitar, but I'm sure plays a whole bunch of other music. He's also a producer, producing someone else's album as well as his own. And I cannot wait for you to hear all about his album and the songwriting process today. As always, if you like the show, please give it a subscribe, a like, and maybe a share on social media. Here is Ryan. Welcome to Hello Good Humans. Thank you that's, for having me. That's my me. podcast name. Yes. Um, I've heard this. Have you ever heard of Zach Sang, the podcaster? No. So he, he runs what is called the Zach Sang Show, and he interviews musicians. Mm. And the way that he interviews them is so good. So I'm channeling my inner Zach saying today. Okay. So <laughs> I have all of these questions prepared and we're going to take your album track by track Ooh. and we're going to talk about it. Oh my goodness. So for those that don't know who you are, will you give like your elevator, your elevator speech? I, well, I'm from, uh, <laughs> just going to go super formal hometown first, La Crescent, Minnesota. Nice. I'm from, I'm from there. I'm a. Born and raised Driftless area, Minnesconsinite. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Winona State for music performance and jazz studies. I graduated with that degree in 2018, and I'm happy to be using my music degree in the way that I re- originally and always intended for it to be used. Which does not happen for all music majors. I was going to say, it's a, it can be somewhat of a rarity um, depending on where you are. And uh, don't mind my daughter, uh, dog daughter, sniffing in the background. <laughs> it's just Kaya. Hi, Kaya. Will you say hi? Say hi. Hi, everyone. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I'm her. I'm her interpreter. So. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You're doing so well, Kaya. <laughs> right after college, you did what? I became a more just full-time rather than part-time performer, singer-songwriter, and was uh, just honing my business craft slowly. Um, I lived at my parents for a long time still, uh, as seems to be more common uh, these days. But once I started living on my own, uh, I was really able to just kind of mentally get into gear of actually making myself a full-fledged business and this would have probably happened faster had the COVID pandemic not mm-hmm. gotten in the way. Yeah. Everyone can relate to that in yep. some way. <laughs> it just got in the way. Mm-hmm. Major inconvenience. But um, as those post-2018 years and months started to go by, I was getting more and more mentally organized, just logging everything, like treating it as though it's a business and um thankfully i can say in 2023 so far it's been a record-breaking business year it's not saying much being right after covid but progress is progress it's not about perfection it's about Mm -hmm. the journey it's about the process and um it's nice to not have to live paycheck to paycheck Mm -hmm. and that is every artist's dream Mm -hmm. whether you're visual or audio or otherwise so are you working as a full-time yes. performer now? Yes. Perf- yeah, performer. I've, I've, I've done some, well, obviously, album making, mm-hmm. which we'll get to. <laughs> um, but I've actually had the privilege to produce someone else's album. Very cool. So being on both sides of the coin, producer and producee, that's a word. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it will be. I mean, English is supposed to be a Lego kit. Exactly. And 
there's like that you ever heard of that English society where it's like people are taking all the French, Latin and Greek out of the English language and making it English? No, but it's like a purist thing. I'm just morbidly fascinated by it. Okay, I'll look it up after this. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we can speak to each other only in English. Yeah. Oh, some of the words, they, like, they make sense, but they're just very, they seem strange initially. Okay. Do you know any off the top of your head? Um, no. That's okay. <laughs> I, I can't remember any. It's too early on, it's too early on Monday afternoon. Monday's a recovery day for musicians. Well, You've had musicals where you go I through have. the whole weekend and just like, okay, Monday, I'm sleeping until three today. Yeah, no, that <laughs> that makes sense. And so you typically do gigs Thursday through Sunday. I mean, I, I follow your performances on Facebook mostly. Mm-hmm. On Ryan Howe Music, shameless Ab- plug. Ryan Howe Music. Ryan Howe Music. <laughs> For those of you that didn't hear it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, it, can, it can vary. I've had... Uh, the only day I've never had something is Monday. Okay. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. Well, and today you're doing a podcast interview. So yeah. Now Break, now breaking you, the chain. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I it can vary week to week, but most often, yes, Thursday through Sunday, um and it can be solos, solo gigs, it could be duos, trios. I have a classic rock band that I play with, but I also have another band called Ryan Howe in the Atmosphere that's going to be more focused on playing my originals and maybe select covers going forward. Going away from the cover band thing is a bold step that mm-hmm. uh, certain musicians take. You know, if you want to be a cover musician, that's 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 absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But for those of us who have a creative itch and want to monetize it, that's uh, it's just unfortunately sometimes you have to uh, take that to the uh, to the to the whetstone, the axe grinder. I was trying to come up with that. There's a saying I couldn't quite hone in on. And but. I don't know what it is, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, you understand. As a purely covered musician myself, <laughs> I I can't imagine. People have always said, you should just write your own music. And I'm like, do you understand what goes into that? <laughs> there, it's, <clears throat> it's not easy, and I have never done it successfully. Yeah. And I don't know if I ever will. And, and, and it... Yeah, certain things just come naturally to certain people, and sometimes it doesn't. And uh, like the first song on the album, Borderline, that song is one of two that I lyrically wrote, well, lyrically and musically, I wrote in about 90 minutes. Really? Yeah, in a moment of severe distress over ding, 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 you guessed it, distress with a girl. Oh, no. Yes. But honestly, Borderline is my favorite song on the album. Really? I think it is just beautiful. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. I love it. So one of my questions before we jump into like song by song, do you typically approach songs lyric first or you think of the melody or you have the instrumental or does it vary? It it can vary. I kind of look at how I produce musical ideas. Like I, I, X, I, I exhale or bring into the world more musical ideas than I do carbon dioxide when, mm-hmm. like, if I were to burp, for example. I mean, I just, it, there's just more of that in me. And uh, it's very, I can be very spontaneous with it. Sometimes it can be more deliberate. And I'm really trying to craft something intentionally. Uh, but in Borderline's case, I I was starting to figure out how to pluck harmonics on a guitar, like on the 12th, 7th, or 5th frets. Um, in standard tuning on a guitar, you get a major triad and chord, three-note chord. And uh, <laughs> theory nerds, shout out. I was just starting to mess around with guitar harmonics, and I was able to integrate that into the very beginning and end of the song. They end The song ends and starts with guitar harmonics. Mm-hmm. That was a very roundabout explanation. But... Uh, late in the process of making this song, then I got an idea. What if I added some just kind of distant, reverberated, uh, like chilling background vocals? Because you hear at the beginning of Borderline this this cluster of five notes next to each other that that form a really haunting chord, and it really kind of helps set the mood for the song. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you felt that. 
Oh, absolutely. I feel like it sets the mood for the whole album, really. Do you feel like there's a specific story that you're telling from beginning to end? Um, in the album or the song? In the album. In the album. Um, if it's a story, it's definitely got chapters, and each song is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, and and you know, and that's the interesting thing too. These songs, the way they're organized musically and lyrically, they flow. Uh, mostly musically, they flow like chapters of a book, but the way that if you looked at when they were written, it's going to ping pong all over the place okay. back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Borderline was like January 2016. And then, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was still my junior year in college. I was just discovering John Mayer, hence the, <laughs> hence the, gu- the advent of guitar harmonics. And yeah, I was also working on a cover of love on the week, love on the weekend that at that time. Was that later? I think that was a little later. One of the things that I love about the album is that, like, I I was trying to think about, like, what genre it is. (laughs) What what would you say? Oh, God. Because, sorry to (laughs) to interrupt, because, like, you listen, you're you're like, oh, okay, I really, like, feel, I feel what Ryan's music is. And then, like, the next song, it's, like, funky. And then, Want to Love You, I'm, like, getting disco vibes. (laughs) <laughs> and and then you have a like a rapper, well, kind of like spoken word rap. It's like every time I'm like, okay, I get it. It's just you add something else. Some are some are like chill, acoustic, yeah. folky, even. Um, but there and there's like a classic rock vibe, even with some of them. Yeah, it's. Um, I think the I think the album just speaks to modern music uh hybridizing genres to the point where the word genre is obsolete mm-hmm. um and people are just taking the smorgasbord of influences that they have within them and using the melding of all those influences to just create a new a new gumbo i love food analogies for music and a lot of musicians do mm-hmm. it's just each person is their own gumbo or maybe, or maybe Asian soup. I love making Asian soups. Okay. Random fact, but uh, yeah, that is random. <laughs> it's the that's it's the beautiful thing about them. You can throw so many different things in, and it's still just gonna work. It's still gonna be delicious. Mm-hmm. This can be our music episode, and then you'll come back for a food episode. <laughs> And then we'll we'll do like a hiking episode, just to go through all of your yeah. different your different hobbies. And then we'll get your our friend Faith Phelan, yes. who I once made a cute little tree fortress with. Uh, <laughs> oh yes, on the ground. But then we'll make a better one. Like we'll build one so we can actually go up in a tree. And then but... we can record the podcast from the treehouse. Oh yeah, we'll have like Perfect. ASMR in the back, like of the birds chirping, the wind blowing, just like our ASMR today is. Sometimes you'll hear a bit of Kaya panting. Exactly. She's. She's resting right now. Speaking of Faith, yes, she's featured on Down to Earth. Down to Earth. Yeah. And it starts with a what is supposed to be a phone conversation. And I love it because you can tell that you have music theater influence throughout the whole album. I love that you recognize that. Um, yeah. Totally. Yeah. You know... I think that there a lot of contemporary music right now, especially within like the pop realm, which admittedly is what I listen to most. Mm-hmm. It's just like so surface level, and it's like even Ari. Okay, she hasn't released any music recently, so oh, I'm just I'm just asking. So no, I'm not bashing Ari. <laughs> and the, actually, the episode that is coming out today, one of the it was a Q and A episode. One of the questions was, "Who is my biggest musical influence?" And I talked about her. So, no, I would never bash Ariana Grande. But, where was I going with this? Oh, you can tell your music theater influence because, like, your song, your all of your songs tell a very specific story. And then you add in the voicemail or the, the phone conversation. It's just, it's wonderful. Yeah, that uh, that song was, was lyrically one that my cousin Jonathan Howe is actually more responsible for than me. Oh. That, that was a little bit more his baby. Um, musically, um, when it comes to any song that I write, uh, I just end up naturally kind of just taking it over. I don't know. I'm just sort of imperialistic that way, but <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not bullying. It's just, it's just, 
it well, ends it's up, your music. You want it to just, be. Well, it's 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 just a strength. Yeah. Uh, it's just a it's a it's a natural proclivity I have as I exhale more musical ideas than carbon dioxide. Mm-hmm. At least I feel such. Um, but yeah, this song, uh, it's it's kind of about in a way, and and there's another song that's like this. It kind of tells a story of. Uh, depending on your interpretation, someone who I, the song is basically describing them in a way that how they hurt me, or it could be a version of someone I make sure, I'm trying to make sure I don't become. Oh, okay. And which one is that? Where Am I Walking in My Sleep is kind of more, uh, the eighth track is kind of more the, it's describing a, picture of me that I want to make sure I don't ever uh okay reach to or stoop to mm-hmm. um going back up to number two yes botsing around a little bold bit but that's okay. move bold move to make the second track on an album instrumental yeah largely instrumental um yeah it's called took it took hell to heal and uh yeah coming out of the uh ashes of the first the first real relationship, we all have a, a relationship where um, we experience real loss for the first time. It's when you love someone more than you love yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a quote from Goodwill Hunting, but it's so, so true because Robin Williams is God. And um, <laughs> kind of sacrilegious as we're sitting in a church, but no big deal. He's, he's, one, <laughs> of, he's one of his funniest angels. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yes. Yes. Um, it took hell to heal was was you know just yeah there's no words but musically it was still taken from like transmuting a whole bucket load of emotional pain and baggage and and uh anguish and channeling it into something that starts out kind of haunting mm-hmm. but then turns kind of soothing and then turns like film scorey oh with the with the addition of a gigantic choir that has um, I think it's like seventy five total voices. I'm still not approaching Jacob Collier levels of harmony tracks, by the way. Seventy five, like multiply that by twenty, and we're getting into the low end of some Jacob Collier songs. And that is it nuts? Seventy five people? Is it all you? Me. Is it okay? Yeah. All me, um, but the thing about recording choirs is sometimes you have to sing the same part. Say I'm starting on a middle C. Uh, I can sing it that way uh, on one track, and on the other I'm going to start singing, uh, and the other one will be, oh. <laughs> Kaya's very interested. Yes, Kaya is very interested when, I, when Dad starts making funny voices. <laughs> but the difference in the timbres is what brings the thickness of the choir across. Mm-hmm. And that was a trick that I learned from my producer, Zach Zern, who runs Carpet Booth Studios, where I recorded the vast majority of this album. Although this track, It Took Hell to Heal, was largely a homebrew project. Okay. In my own home studio right here in Alaska. Cool. Just one one half block from where I live. I know. I know. It's crazy. Yes. I actually did write down. I, w- I was like taking notes while I was listening to it because I wanted to talk about different things. And I was like, this sounds like a sci-fi movie. <laughs> it's like the little, like, I imagine like laser, like laser notes kind of giving like a little bit of David Bowie. <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know, and I'm like, yeah. I can imagine myself flying across space in a rocket ship listening to this song. Yeah, it, it, it does uh, kind of get into a little bit of a transcendental kind of... Uh, rising above this earthly plane kind of feel. Mm-hmm. A buddy of mine uh, told me it felt like he uh, was, yeah, just reaching into a new plane of existence. And I said, that's exactly what I was intending. And I I take that as a very high compliment. Very cool. <laughs> um, so then we get into what I call the disco track, yeah. which is Wanna Love You. The end of it took hell to heal. Yeah, it's... It, it ends on this gigantic suspension A7 flat 9 chord, which, if you don't know music theory, means nothing, but it means something to me. My dad will understand. Yes. <laughs> Tico, this one's for you. 
And the chord relationship that follows immediately going to the next chord, it's a phantom like dominant to tonic resolution for music theory nerds out there, A seven flat nine to F major seven. It basically gives it basically gives an alternative feeling of resolution. You thought the music was going a certain way with this tension chord, but then the next thing you hear is not what you were expecting, mm-hmm. and it goes to uh, <laughs> yes, Kaya. I'm mansplaining. I'm sorry. Music music theory. I I I could go on for days, but yes, you eventually meander through this little intro. And then it starts to groove and show some tempo a bit. But then the drums kick in with some ambient guitar and suddenly we're vibing with Wanna Love You at 93 BPM. It's a good tempo to groove at. <laughs> it's one of the best. Yeah. 73, 83, and 93 are never settings you see on a metronome. You know, like it's always like 96. So like they're multiples of four. Yeah. Or eight or something. Or maybe maybe sometimes you get one that isn't an even number that isn't a multiple of four on a metronome, but like odd numbers seventy three eighty three ninety three. Yeah, you really don't. They just really vibe though, they really do. And to you, what is the difference between something that's ninety three and ninety two? Uh, Big difference. <laughs> um, it's very subtle. Uh-huh. I mean, the, the thing is about slower tempos is that or tempi, technically. <laughs> Tempe. Tempe. No, I'm just kidding. Yum. Uh, yeah, there's going to be a food episode, I can tell. Yeah. So you got Purple Rain by Prince at mm-hmm. 58 BPM, approximately. Some people play it really fast, and then I just think that's that's absolute sacrilege. Like, slow it down. That's 58, approximately. It Took Hell to Heal is 57. Okay. The difference between 58 and 57 is larger between... 158 and 157 the difference between tempi as you go faster and faster exponentially decreases Mm -hmm. i mean think about it 400 bpm let's see what would that be this is a hundred this is 200 that's 400 what's 399 right It's probably I I don't, I I don't know if I did it correctly or not, That's but okay. the, the difference is so infinitesimally tiny you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, One thing that the listeners need to know about you is like you are a music magician. You have perfect pitch. <laughs> you have what perfect tempo. I I don't think I have perfect tempo. I I can usually land in a close ballpark though. If I hear a song, I can just be like, okay, that's probably one twenty six. Um, well, of course. <laughs> and, like, one of my favorite songs of all time is Main Street by Bob Seger in the Silver Bullet Band. And that was a song I first heard. It, I'm just like, that key's not on the piano. And sure enough, I went and tried to play along with it. It's right smack between D major and E flat major. Oh. So it's in D half sharp major, if you want to call it that. Or there's something called master pitch where it's just... The frequency of tuning an orchestra is A440 in America and a lot of countries. But the bottom line is A440, that's 440 wave cycles per second. That's how fast that sound wave is moving. A453 is smack in between our common A major at A440 and B flat major at A440 master pitch. So then hearing Main Street by Bob Seeger, I was like, Okay, this is definitely a 453. I love this. This is <laughs> it's 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 D major but it's way brighter. Okay. It kind of sounds like D major and E flat major at the same time and for that reason sometimes I'm just like wait a minute, what 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 actual key is this cuz I hear it sometimes as both. And yeah. that and then people sometimes hear musical keys as colors too, synest- synesthesia. Mm-hmm. Like D major is kind of I don't know, it's like Sometimes sky blue, uh, I don't really see things as colors. It's more like a vibe or like a natural image, mm-hmm. like Toy Story clouds, yeah. blue sky, pretty spring day, D major. And yeah, it goes back to the whole gumbo thing. It's like if you're so many jazz musicians I know, uh, 
oh yeah, that was a spicy note. <laughs> um, or but they mean it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like the Adam Neely, uh, great YouTuber by the way. The Adam Neely Seven Levels of Jazz Harmony video, which I don't know if you've seen, Zoe, but mm-hmm. for those of you who have and know what level six jazz harmony means, it's basically. This relates to Old Soul, the fifth track on the album. Sorry, we are bouncing all around. No, we're good. But, um, well, actually, yeah. No, I'm not sorry. I'm just saying bear with me as we bounce around like an electron inside a container. Let's be honest. Did we expect anything different with the two of us? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Mentally, we can just go squirrel and we'll drift from one song to the other and it's it's fine. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. It's fine. (laughs) COVID, COVID really did uh, cause all of us to have a little a little ADHD. A little more anxiety. Oh, When's the next, where's the next paycheck coming from? Right. Yeah. But as I was saying, like, ghost peppers, you want to use them. This relates to level six jazz harmony and the connection between music and food. As you get more and more intense with harmony, it can start to lose people in accessibility and relatability. They just don't understand... Like, there's all this color. What context does that have? Where does this fit? How does it relate to me? And uh, this this Seven Levels of Jazz Harmony video by the YouTuber Adam Neely, I use it as a teaching point with buddies of mine and other people I've given just private music lessons with. It's so great because it takes a song that a lot of people know now, Juice by Lizzo, mm-hmm. in D minor. I just had to point that out. I don't know why. Um, compulsion. Yeah, com- pure compulsion. Yeah, <laughs> music theory, mansplaining compulsion. Um, <laughs> sums it up really, Ryan, doesn't it? <laughs> but by the time you get to level six of seven, we're in what's called well, I'm just going to say it's very, very dissonant types of harmony that are very, very intellectual and mathematical, and because of that, you start to lose some of the emotional. Uh, relatability for a lot of listeners Uh, and the way that translates to food is you don't want to have a nice you know general sauce chicken ruined by putting just dumping ghost pepper extract on top because one that'll kill you and two before it kills you it'll taste horrible Uh don't get me wrong a little bit of ghost pepper aside from the intense heat there can be some very nice flavor i disagree um, but I'm a baby. Like, yeah. You can't even put jalapenos in something. And Capsaicin tolerance is different for, for everyone. Yeah, and some yeah. people just flat think ketchup is spicy, <laughs> which those people, I'm just like, how did you how did you survive this long? Yeah. <laughs> Again, we'll talk about it on our food episode. <laughs> yes, yes. But then this kind, of, this kind of advanced harmony, when used in small doses, it can accent a food dish nicely or a song very nicely. Um, it's, it's that kind of harmony is so related contextually to where you are at in a song. You can't use it indiscriminately. It's like the same thing as just don't use too much spice in food. Mm -hmm. Use it intentionally. Old soul has a chord in the bridge. This is track number five. It's technically an E major seven sharp 11 over D. And we're getting into something that my guy Jacob Collier calls super ultra mega meta hyper Lydian. <laughs> Mary Ellen Hopper would be so proud of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> she would see some of Jacob's videos and laugh though. Um, basically, for those of you who don't know, Lydian is a mode of a major scale. And you take a major scale, start it on the fourth note. My voice is tired after a week in a gigs. That's okay. Apologies. <laughs> but you take the first five notes of Lydian and start superimposing that over itself. So it's a really cool sound of you're going from one key center to another, a fifth away, really fast. Mm-hmm. It's basically speed cycling through the circle of fifths. Yeah. And you can go it the other way by going super, ultra, mega, Locrian. It's like the dark side. <laughs> the light and dark sides of the Force. Okay, we finally found a way to include Star Wars. Yes. I've, I've covered my bases. I mean, I gave you the in with sci-fi earlier, yeah. but you didn't pick up yeah. on it. But that's okay. I've, I've achieved everything I need to in my life now. Okay. Yep. See you later. No, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> okay, so we're, if we move on from Old Soul, we talked it down to Earth. Let's talk about I'm Not the One. Okay. Which, I, I'm not, like, the greatest instrument identifier, but, like, synth. There is definitely some synthesizer There's in there. There's some insane synthesizer in there. Yeah. I love it. I'm a huge fan of the classic rock band Styx. Mm-hmm. And one of their fa- their best songs to me is Fooling Yourself, The Angry Young Man. And there's a famous synth solo. Uh, and I just heard that sawtooth synth for the first time. And I was like, I got to give me some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's a classic sound. People have been using that for ages. Uh, but then this synthesizer is monophonic. You can only play one note at a time. Oh. Versus like a normal piano, you can play, you could stick your arms flat on the keys and play all 88 at the same time right. if you want. But that's polyphonic. A monophonic synthesizer voice, I can only play one voice. So then. Interesting. With that limitation. How do we make it interesting? Ding, ding, ding. Pitch bender. (laughs) You can make yourself sound like a guitarist. Yeah. By bending notes. It's a different way of accessing, well, like blue notes, the notes that aren't on a keyboard, but Mm -hmm. we sing all the time in pop music. Yep. I don't care who you are. Ari, uh, Lizzo, uh, Don Henley, the Eagles, Michael Jackson, everyone uses blue notes. Mm Mm-hmm. Folk singers, jazz singers, rock singers, funk. Uh, I've even heard some death metal growl a blue note. <laughs> that that was a stretch. I, I don't know if I... I'm sure they have, though. It, it's, Probably. It's definitely happened. Yeah. Blue notes are a staple, indelible now... Indelibly marked in American and global music culture. Yeah. But this song... Yeah, Synthesizer's big. Um, this song is really kind of a reclamation of, like pride uh after uh that aforementioned everyone has that relationship that the one relationship where they really have to just do some inner work and just say okay there's a lot of negative thoughts here um and some are quite seriously negative Mm -hmm. very depressive thoughts um it's just well it's it's self-love at the end of the day and uh, it can be that and some, it can be that and faith. Um, this song was just about, uh, I originally wrote this more from a place of ego because I had another, <laughs> I, I shouldn't say I have all these relationships because then people are going to get the wrong idea. Like I'm John Mayer 2.0 or something. <laughs> but you're human. It's okay. Yeah. And Humans also, have relationships. And also it's 2023 and we're talking about like relationships over the span of like 10 years yeah 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 i yeah i don't i don't get into many relationships uh romantic anyway (laughs) and and disclaimer you're in a very good one right now yes and it's been for how many years uh three and a half Yeah. yeah i mean i'm a dog dad you are i'm a happy dog dad Oh, I shouldn't have disturbed her. She was happily at sleep. Eh, she's all right. Um, yeah, she's <laughs> she's okay. Yeah, but this song was just kind of... I thought to include the rap mm-hmm. bridge in this song. I originally wrote one and was going to perform it myself. But then I realized just how extremely white I am still. And I was like, okay, I need someone with a little bit more soul power and or just natural rap ability. It's an inherently non-white art form (laughs) not to not that i not that one needs to distinguish between people just by noticing they have different color skin it's just an outdated instinct we have as as animals right but i need someone with that soul power Mm -hmm. you know and my producer zach uh introduced me to this guy joe mcshan otherwise known as jay havoc Mm -hmm. absolutely lovable human being he's a great guy fantastic rapper Mm -hmm. he took my words that i wrote used them and just kind of well re-spelled them in a a new way put his own rhythmic uh delivery and flavor with it and there's one f-bomb but guess what the song's emotional and sometimes you can use curse words sparingly to just emphasize something Mm -hmm. I, I will say the first time I heard it, I was like, Whoop! 
Right, what the? <laughs> yeah. But but it's very effective because your your album is not just full of cursing. So it's very effective no. when there is that. Yeah. And you're like, well, it must be here for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. It is definitely there for a reason. Uh, saying, F it, I'm vibing high, I'm vibrating higher than you. And that's the truth. I'm cooler than cool. Yeah, I'll be cool with you, but I'm brash. I may be brash, but I'm never uncouth. And I'm real when I step in the booth. I can't do it justice. I love uh, the way Jay uh, delivered it. Mm-hmm. And listening to some more modern music and some of it's just going to keep going back to Jacob Collier because he's just more Mozart than Mozart in how he can include everything and make it work mm-hmm. genre-wise. I kind of learned from him and some more modern music hip-hop artists, like, kind of how they set up, like, oh, yeah, we bring, like, we're bringing in uh, the, the the featured artist now. So, I'm like, in the song, you'll hear me say, like, Jay Havoc yep. right before the rap starts. Uh-huh. And that, that was just kind of a cool little, okay, I'm getting more, like, acquainted with modern music now because I used to think there was nothing good made after 1989. <laughs> and there's a tiny bit of truth to that, but... Tiny. <laughs> tiny. I don't know. Maybe. I turn on the radio these days and I'm like, eh, you know, eh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ra- the, the problem with a lot of r- music on the radio right now, obviously the first thing that I point to is the same four chords used in different ways, but they're all respellings of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, a one chord, a tonic or home chord, a five chord, the dominant chord or tension chord. I really should have an instrument in my hands to demonstrate this. <laughs> A six chord and a four chord. But if you want to explore that or if you already know what that means, you know what I'm talking about. Or look up on YouTube the, like, every song with four chords yeah. video where they just play, like, yeah. every single modern pop song. I We actually watched that in high school music theory when they were, my teacher was trying to mm-hmm. explain that to me. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Don't Stop Believing is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the one that comes to my brain right now is Safe and Sound by Capital Cities. They it's a that's a a four one six five loop. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know that she is everything to everyone, but Taylor Swift. Oh, a uh, love story. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> D major one to A five, B minor six, G major four with a, well a little another five chord thrown back in there to maybe go to one again. Although I will say um, I could listen to that song all day. Well, to be fair, I actually, you don't know this about me. I, I really like Love Story by Taylor Swift. Oh, really? That's one of the few songs by her I not only tolerate, but actually really like. I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, I, I understand. I I hesitate to even get into T-Swift on the pod because <laughs> she, is, she is loved by many. She is worshipped by many and i am she certainly was loved by john mayer but not in the way that she wanted (laughs) (laughs) and uh that certainly came out and uh i just remember him on a youtube video yeah we have to be able to talk about taylor swift like civilly and like in in an adult mature fashion yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay it's kind of like camp edward and camp taylor and or, uh, or, uh, Jacob, Jacob and yep. t- Taylor Lautner. Yeah. You yes. know where I was. Yep. It's, I'm, I'm still, I'm going to be, I'm always going to be a little bit more camp, John. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm that's just, okay. And that's okay. I just know more and like more of his music. <laughs> <laughs> so where I am is, is you talking to the version of yourself that you don't want to be. Oh, where am I? Or sorry. Where did I say? What did I say? Where, where I, I am. am. Where am I? Yes. Okay. That sounds like a church song. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Moving on. <laughs> yes. Where am I? Let's talk about the story behind Too Soon. Oh, juicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like Borderline, this is another one of the 90-minute wonders that came out of a very uh, just kind of distressing uh, situation with a girl. Um, this one was just... Uh, I was really disappointed, but it would, uh, when this fling didn't kind of, you know, go how I wanted it to, I was just, I met somebody like the lyrics say, I met you on the street that night. Didn't think my eyes were right. I've seen you before, but I don't know when this was somebody who went to the same high school as me was just a couple years younger. I think my sister's grade or, or one year younger. What, what year did you graduate high school, Zoe? 2017. Oh, 17. Okay. So my, so you're, oh, 
my sister is in between me and you. Okay. Okay. She was, yeah, I think she was like 2015 or 16. Because you're ancient. I mean, you are just so old. Yeah, I know. 30 is closer than 20. It's, yeah. Yeah, just wait till that's you someday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, in a couple of years. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Kaya. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, so too soon. Um basically it's just a story of um yeah, you just you just meet somebody, you get that initial excitement, like manic excitement of just you have the thoughts of um wanting to show them your whole world. Mhm. And it's like a well, I say manic, but it's, uh, I, I prefer to think of it as misplaced enthusiasm. Yes. <laughs> to Much to the chagrin of George Carlin on his rant of soft language. Manic is more succinct. What did I say? Misplaced enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. It's quite a bit longer and more cumbersome language. Right. right. But I'm just trying to be gentle with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you, wanna, you want to just give and show everything i always say i go from zero to a hundred way too fast yeah relationships and that very excitable yeah yeah very excitable um and you're passionate and you have a lot of energy and that's a very attractive quality Mm -hmm. of course all that put together is a very attractive quality when channeled properly yes um people uh, can't handle or, d- or don't want to know everything right away because, well, they have their own world too. And mm-hmm. it's, a uh, it's about sharing worlds, sharing your existences together and, and balancing them out. Um, but then this, this, uh, there were just some, there were some particular vices or issues that this other person was still struggling with. And it just got in a way to the point where they were just kind of, they kind of told me just, uh, I basically, uh, this is, I don't want to do this, but like, I got stuff I got to deal with and you don't deserve to have to go through it with me. Oh, okay. And that's, um, essentially what the disappointment, uh, was summed up as later in the song, there's lyrics, uh, you told me why you flaked over the phone. I see I'm probably better off alone. Wait, Rather than waiting for a phone call that'll never come, mm-hmm. baby, you're undone. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you have to fix this stuff mm-hmm. for you before you can... Um, you Invite know. someone else along for the journey. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, just the, sh- the sheer disappointment um, and a little ins- mixed with a little inspiration uh, from the song... Uh, what is it? Uh, Who says by John Mayer from Battle Studies? Do you that, like that John Mayer or something? Or um, I love John Mayer. John Mayer, J- Jacob Collier, and um, Jackson Brown, Josh Groban. Okay. There's a bunch of guys. A journey, a band that starts with J. They all start know, with J. I don't know what it is about about the letter J. Oh. There's just a James Taylor. Oh, okay. oh my God! Yeah, Joe Jonas. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> that would get you double points in categories. Joe Walsh <laughs> from the Eagles. Oh, yeah, I'm a really cool guy, man. Okay. Um, Don't get, yeah, please, no impressions, because if I, if Gollum starts to come out, then. Then it, we're done. Then, well, then the Lord of the Rings, like, whole legal enterprise is going to come after this podcast or something. Oh. Probably not. Probably but. not. Probably not. Okay, track 10, A Place to Be was a single that came out before the album. Yeah, yes. And it's like, in my head, and I don't know what your inspiration for this song was, but in my head, this is like, this is the lacrosse song. Yeah, like, it's well. It's just, it, it's beautiful, and it's just, <laughs> I listen to it, and I'm like, oh, lacrosse. I can imagine, like, just standing on the bluffs, just, like, listening to this song. Kaya <laughs> also apparently loves a place to be. <laughs> happily, happily panting on my lap. She says, yes, Dad. Um, this song is an anthem for the Driftless area. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I'm not surprised at all you, you feel, you say you feel the way you do about it. It's, um, this song, I mean, where Zoe and I are both from, uh, relatively speaking, La Crosse, La Crescent, on Alaska, 
pretty much all the same metro area, mm-hmm. if you want to call it a metro area, but <laughs> semi metro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a small metro area, a little big town, not a country band. Mm-hmm. Um, but this area is is really really special. Uh, it's it's completely unique on planet Earth. There technically is another driftless area in Russia, or like maybe Siberia. Yeah, this this driftless area here in. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois uh, is 24,000 square miles of unglaciated land. It didn't get scoured or crushed or carved away by the last two dozen ice ages. People just think the last ice age, oh, that glacier period missed this area, and that's why it's so special. Unglaciated area. Yeah, um... The Driftless area is really, really cool because uh, it was not only missed by the last Ice Age's worth of glacier glacial movements, the last two dozen missed it, this area. So that's, like, mathematically a miracle. People love trout fishing here. It's because all the water that goes through all the sinkholes over by Fountain, Lanesboro, uh, kind of by Rochester, if you're familiar with that area... Great bike town. Waynesboro is awesome. I was just there yesterday. Yes, you were. Yeah. <laughs> Not to bike. Tubing on the river. Not to bike. Yeah, yeah. I was tubing. Yeah. Oh, the Root River is a great river to do that. Mm-hmm. But water filters through those sinkholes, down through massive caves and underground rivers, and people have even used tracer dyes from sinkholes, and they found them bubble out in springs miles and miles and miles away. Wow. Got these natural water filtration systems, and... The water's cooled as it's under the surface of the earth, hundreds and hundreds of feet. It's no wonder that trout, a fish that needs cold water, and especially clean cold water with lots of oxygen in it, they thrive here. And this is one of the best trout fishing places on planet Earth. The Driftless area um, is also, it's it's a hot spot of geological and biological diversity, mm-hmm. essentially. And... On some level, I mean, well, everyone who lives here knows this is this place is beautiful. Yep. Beyond all reason. Mm-hmm. it's We don't deserve this. <laughs> it, it's perfect. It, it is beautiful in every season. Yeah. We somehow manage to miss, like, all sorts of natural disasters. You know, like, we don't really get tornadoes. No. We we have dealt with some flooding because of the river. Flash flooding, mm-hmm. yeah. But, yeah. But, you know, there's there's horrible, awful things that are happening all over the world, and we're just kind of in our little, like... Yeah. Safe haven with the bluffs and the river. and Yeah, we're very spoiled. We are. Uh, we don't have to go through a lot of the same adversity that many other people go through. Yeah, mm-hmm. like tornadoes, like you said, hurricanes. Yeah. Um, the kind of severe thunderstorms where uh, you suddenly get three or four inches of rain in 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. We have some storms that happen like that, but not to that same extreme. Right. I will say, like, air quality has been a little questionable because we're so close to canada but with the wildfires yeah yeah but overall beautiful it really is the place to be <laughs> yeah and yeah and so far I've, I've lived here basically in this area my whole life i mean i went to winona state university for college winona is still definitely inside rochester rochester is uh minnesota is part of the driftless area devil's mm-hmm. lake down by madison wisconsin is part of the driftless area galena illinois in the northwestern part of that state is in the driftless area 24 or 5,000 square miles. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like a like a, a funny, like a, a human head with a pointy nose. Mm-hmm. The shape of the Driftless area. There's like t-shirts that show the size, like the shape of it. And it's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, it's been my, well, and well, for you too, you haven't, you haven't lived anywhere outside of the Driftless area yet in your life. Today, I have. have, you? I, was, oh, you have. I, I was born in Nashville. Oh. I then oh, moved okay. to Pennsylvania. Oh, then to Minnesota, but I have lived here since I was in first grade, so yeah. barely. I, I don't remember living other places. Yeah. You've been a driftless resident since grade school began. I say I'm a southern girl when it is for humor effect. Yeah. Just to say it, but really I'm a Midwestern. Yeah. I'm Midwe- a mid- Midwesterner yeah. <laughs> at heart. Right. Okay. Coming to the close of your album comes a time. And what about, did you write this knowing it was going to be the closer? Did you? This is actually a cover. 
This is the one. Oh, is it? This is the one song on the album. It's a cover by by uh, from a Neil Young song. Oh, yeah. See, okay, so I hadn't heard the song by Neil Young. Yeah. Or I thought he covered you. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny is uh, a place to be in comes a time both have big connections to these films that uh, that I've been involved with or closely kind of associated with. My dad George is. Uh, a filmmaker and producer, and he's produced two uh, Emmy award-winning films, co-produced two, two, uh, two Emmy award-winning films. Uh, the first one, Mysteries of the Driftless, which is only like a 27-minute film. And I first, at the beginning of this particular movie, there is a little snippet of some, uh, it is a, a f- female artist covering uh, Comes a Time. And there's a there's kind of a cool line in the beginning comes a time when you're drifting like drifting driftless I means it's just painfully you obvious you can't to. you can't not use it so <laughs> um i first heard that reference to that song i was like okay that's cool so that i i wanted to check out the actual song and then i did i really liked it so then i made a little home recording cover of it but this was back in 2015 okay uh, this movie came out and won an Emmy in like 2014. Okay. Mysteries of the Driftless, but then decoding its sequel film is a feature length, like hour long film. It it's been slotted in PBS Nature, mm-hmm. and at one time in 2021, for like a seven week period later in that year, it was like the number one nature documentary in the United States. Very cool. And it's about our backyard. And now people all over the world mm-hmm. love this backyard of ours even more mm-hmm. because of this film. And it's not just a film. Have you seen it, by the way? I haven't. Yeah, we need to. I need to show you these. Okay. Because um, your music is featured in decoding. Yeah, yep. a place to be. An older recorded version of it. Yeah, a yep. place to be is in decoding the triplets, and. Um, yeah, that that song basically just kind of sums up the film's message lyrically, mm-hmm. and it that song is just it makes it it describes how I've always felt about the area, how I felt it, about it as a little kid. Yeah, I danced and ran through the tall grass and flowers. In the daylight, I felt heaven's rain showers. It's um, it's just there's a magic, uh, and especially if uh, where I grew up, um my parents' property, there's a giant panoramic view of the Mississippi River and a half bowl-shaped hill with a beautiful planted tall grass prairie in it. Um, you're going to you're going to be, I've always been just super connected with nature, partially because of my family and how the importance of being a steward, a good steward to nature and how we're a part of it and not better than it. We're not above any mm-hmm. other animals. We have a place in the ecosystem and we need to be uh brothers and sisters with all the other animals and life that we share this planet with and mm-hmm. that's a kind of going into a bit of the faith side of things for me it's like the kind of very franciscan way that i look at being a catholic mm-hmm. which i have been for my whole life so far um although sometimes i feel like i'm in episcopalian and catholic's clothing mm-hmm. It happens. It happens to the best of us. It happens. Well, I'm not Catholic, so I don't know why I said that. But, yeah. But, you know, struggling with with religion and yeah. knowing if you truly belong where you grew up or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you could make up a random word and it's probably closely associated or similar to some kind of modern Christian denomination because there's just so, there are. <laughs> so friggin' many of them now. Mm-hmm. But um, nature is like a church for a lot of people. Yeah. And it is certainly for me. I love to fish. I love to hike. I think we both love to hike. Mm-hmm. I take Kaya for run hikes on a lot of hike, hiking trails. You would never, here. never, ever catch me doing that. <laughs> Keys fall out of the pocket. <laughs> Things guaranteed in life. Zoe not liking a run hike and my keys <laughs> falling out of my pocket. Well, I will tell you a funny story. Um, when I was in high school, my dad and I had kind of a rough relationship and I hope if he listens to this, he would not say, what? And I hope it wasn't a one-sided rough relationship. (laughs) He started running, and I was like, oh, this is something that we could do together. We could, uh, you know, we should sign up for a 5K. I'd never run before, but of course, a 5K, whatever, just five kilometers. And so we signed up for some Hickson Forest 5K. What I didn't realize was that it was not only a 5K, 
it was a 5K through the bluffs. Mm-hmm. So my first ever 5K and my last <laughs> were <laughs> a hike run, and it was a horrible. Reich. Not a German Reich, but a Reich. It's R-I-K-E. Yeah, a run hike. Reiking. He, he ditched me probably five seconds in because he realized how much <laughs> faster he was going to go than me. And <laughs> I probably finished like 28 minutes after him, and yeah, never again. Never again. Well, we have been talking for almost an hour, which oh is which is goodness. awesome. But is. we'll wrap up episode one, which is our music edition. Yeah, our our mostly music edition, and there might be a food edition with some more music stuff laced in. It's mm-hmm. it's going to happen. And then we're going to build our treehouse with faith, mm-hmm. and then record the treehouse. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Ryan, thank you for coming today. My pleasure. Um, Thank you for having me. If you'd like to follow Ryan on social media, it's is it all Ryan Howe Music? Um, my Instagram is at Piano Man Howe, all lowercase, okay. uh, one word. Uh, I'm, I kind of like the Billy Joel song. Everyone always requests me to play it, and it gets kind of annoying. But, but you're really good at it, so. I like playing it. Yeah, it, it can be fun. Like anything, you just don't want to do it too much. I agree. But yeah, Piano Man Howe on Instagram. Uh, uh, Facebook.com slash Piano Man Howe is my Facebook page, but it's called Ryan Howe Music. Okay. Uh, Ryan website. Uh, you can find me on YouTube as well. Um, for those of you ancients who still use SoundCloud, I still have some stuff up there too. I use SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> well, just I like... like I like remixes that people make. It's yeah. a fun fact, but no. SoundCloud, you're on Spotify and Apple Music. Everywhere you stream music, you can find Origin, my debut album. Origin. I don't even know if we said the title. Yeah, <laughs> it's Origin. Yeah. Origin by Ryan Howe. Yeah, it's me kind of looking at a picture of younger me playing the piano, the album cover. You'll see when you when you see it, if you get the chance to see it, um, and check out that music, that album cover. And very excited for the future music to come. And, uh, well, obviously when... Uh, if if or when Kaya gets a feature or Zoe also gets mm-hmm. the, a vocal feature, um, because she's got a fantabulous voice. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we'll sing together once I'm done being the queen. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I have to close with the question that I've been asking everybody, which is, on your own Spotify, you Spotify account. What are your top streamed songs right now? What have you been listening to? And if it's yourself. I'm only going to judge a little. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not that much of a narcissist. <laughs> I, I do like my own songs. There are some artists out there that, like, I don't listen to my own music. I know. Why I would think, you do that? But I, I don't I, think I would, though. I hate the sound of my own voice. <laughs> I even hate editing the podcast because I'm like, do I really sound like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And you, you definitely, I have days like that with my own music. It's like, is that what I sound like? It could just be the sound system in this car I'm listening to it. Kaya is very excited for some reason. Hi. <laughs> yes. Um, some of my top stream songs on Spotify right now are, uh, um, well, the whole album Public Life by a guy, Joshua Lee Turner. He's part of a duo called The Other Favorites. Okay. Uh, one of the best guitar players I've ever seen. Just absolutely, he's a classically trained, just uh kind of he's a he's a mix of a lot of 60s 70s singer songwriters kind of style wise but he can play anything okay and he recorded and and video and audio (laughs) yeah he's got a whole music video of that album on youtube check it out it's public life album by josh joshua lee turner and um some of the other ones although they also include uh james taylor's version of moon river it's so beautiful like um that it's from an album called American Standard, and the also the his version of Old Man River makes me cry, because it was a song my nun always sang to me, rest in peace. When I was a little kid, she pushed me on the swing, and we'd be looking out at the Mississippi River up at the house I grew up in, sang Old Man River, Aww. and lyrically <laughs> it's like not a song that it, it it's just the memory of it that's nostalgic. You listen to the lyrics of that song, it's depressing because it has to do with slavery and sharecropping and right. inequality. But, <laughs> I mean, a lot of a lot of beautiful songs are born out of a lot of pain. That's true. Um, although also Hit Me by Dirty Loops is one of my top tracks. 
I, I'm not familiar, but I'm going to listen to it as soon as we're done. <laughs> Dirty Loops, they, uh, they're a Swedish jazz fusion band. Um, their lead singer, Jonah Nielsen, is one of the biggest freaks other than Jacob Collier that I know of because he's a guy who can sing and belt an A5 in chess voice. Oh. And he can, with perfect pitch accuracy, without any correction... Well, they got viral because they made a cover of Baby by Justin Bieber. Okay. And at the end of it, he does the most crazy run I've ever heard. Uh, It's like C minor pentatonic from G5 all the way down to a B2, like a a B natural 2. And it's perfect. Would you like to recreate it for us here today? Um... If my voice was healthy, I would give it my damnedest, but it would not turn out how Jonah Nielsen does. That guy's a grade-A freak. Dirty Loops is awesome. And another guy whose name starts with J that you love. I know, yeah. (laughs) You know what? We'll wrap it up. So, you know what, Ryan? You're a good human. You're a good human, too, Zoe. Thank you. And thank you for coming on the pod today. Bye-bye.